Um, but for Netflix, you know, again, we're mostly focused on how do we do entertainment that you feel like you got to watch and, you know, stay up late at night. doing your own movies for a couple years, you're ramping up now. I read uh, you're going to spend about $400 million on four movies that are coming out this year, okay. give or take. You can never believe what you read ago. Sometimes. Um, Um, you know, what, what we're really focused on is how do we push the creative boundaries um, and doing shows that uh, bring people together, are exciting, sometimes they polarize people. All right, we're rolling. We are live. Monday night live. <laughs> this is How Original Podcast, season one, episode eight. Very confident in that. And I'm Pat. And I am George, <laughs> coming at you hot with a new uh, pop filter. <laughs> so that pop may have been a little bit more muffled. There was a silencer probably on that crack. Yeah, that you we're, just heard. we're big audio nerds now. Okay. You know, we're seeing all the posts on r slash podcasting about debreathing a podcast. Yeah, we're going to start editing out when we take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> I was unaware that this was a thing or that anyone cared, but apparently it's vital. It's so important. Man. Actually, what the what the heads on the sub are suggesting, you don't take it out entirely because that makes it sound almost artificial and robotic. You just like de-escalate the noise of the breathing. <laughs> As, because then it would just be like we're not breathing. Yeah. <laughs> like we're not human beings, man. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like something Army Hammer would DM a girl? Like, I want to de-breathe you. <laughs> <laughs> I I have Army Hammer on the mind because one of my friends just sent me his like first interview since this whole uh embattled status was that recent uh yeah oh uh, i don't know how credible it is it's like a dude who split off from vanity fair after 25 years and runs his own website now okay it may or may not be something <laughs> the hammer family paid for <laughs> right, but right, right. It, it was interesting to uh to get a bit of a different perspective on things again not saying he's a good guy he's not a friend of the pod don't clip this audio. <laughs> you are not welcome in this USB port. Yeah, In no. my third USB port. <laughs> no. Don't come anywhere near it, dude. We do have an expanding list of guests we'd like. Army Hammer. Sorry, man. You're not making the cut. <laughs> nah. Nah. Uh, so, tell us about your weekend. And uh, you did something interesting last week that, that was a bit of a cliffhanger. You told yes. the audience that you were about to go shoot some... Yeah, some guns, man. So and I, I, <laughs> I have bandages all over me today. I'm missing <laughs> limbs. No, it was fantastic. So I've been busy since the last time we potted. I just got back from Naramata. I was up in the interior with my parents for a few days. Uh, went skiing for the first time in like seven years. That was awesome. Really fun. I think I might have to invest in my own pair of skis. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause like I grew out of the previous pair I owned like in high school yeah. and I never got a new pair uh -huh. as an adult, yeah. which has kind of been a big obstacle, but now I'm like, fuck it. I need to get back in. Um, I was actually a bit of a bad boy on the mountain. Oh, you didn't pizza? <laughs> What's that? No, <laughs> no, just French fries, no pizza. Uh, I was a bit of a bad boy actually, as I was going down my final run of the day to return my skis to the rental shop. Like I was following my dad back into the village at apex. Uh, 
so it wasn't marked at all that you like weren't supposed to go in the slalom course that was on like one of the blue runs oh so i was just like slaloming you know having a great time <laughs> and then i hear a voice shouting at me and one of the ski patrol guys like hey big guy not open to the public okay <laughs> and i'm like oh understood and then i skied away it's like fuck you i already slalomed like you can't make me unslalom yeah yeah you're mid slalom at that point it's dangerous to like yeah. call you out man. like <laughs> But it's also very funny. It's like there's no indication that members of the public are not supposed to do this. Like there was nobody using it. Yeah. So it's not like I was infringing, but also being called, hey, big guy, <laughs> <laughs> like in a facetious way. <laughs> that should be our new podcast intro. Hey, hey big, big guys. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> or we just say that to each other. I, I was hey, thinking like our audience members are big guys, but uh, maybe we're the big guys. <laughs> Hey, big maybe, guy. <laughs> maybe big guy is like a state of mind. <laughs> An empire state of mind, yeah. Wait, so, so I gotta, wait, hold on. Yeah, let, yeah. let me color this in for a little bit because I'm a uh, fairly regular, I've been a fairly regular skier. For right. Mo- well, you were a biathlete. Yeah. Which so they're like, yeah, uh, I wasn't shooting a 22 and I was going through the slalom. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you didn't bring the gun from the range, man. Um, yeah, no, well, the biathlon is cross-country skiing yes but, right right which does involve downhilling in, in some capacity yeah but um and having to like shoot between heartbeats right that's a big part of it like yes. calming your breathing yes like in call of duty <laughs> when you press on the joystick to like yes. get a few seconds of steady aim yes <laughs> <laughs> um i yeah i i'd I have to debreathe and then I yeah to... you debrief <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah anyway i've gone on many a ski hill and i've yeah. never like i've had this happen to me where i'm like oh there's slalom courses most regular folks like won't take the slalom course because it's fucking hard like right um and it's you know if you don't know how to do it like yeah. it's like nobody goes there anyway like why would anybody <laughs> try that shit um and, <laughs> i guess that's but, what they were counting on <laughs> but but you know i'm uh i'm on another level I, i'm built different and i yeah. I've, I've been known to try a slalom here and there and it's i've really never fun. gotten that response like no so my dad was saying because i was telling him later i'm like is this an unspoken rule that you're not supposed to and my dad was like no on whistler they literally have two side by side where they encourage yeah. you to like race your friends yeah it's so that's pretty wild anyway if this ski patrol guy is listening look it's the big guy i regret nothing <laughs> <laughs> but skiing was super fun uh that's one of my expensive new hobbies my other one which you kind of hinted at and which i mentioned last episode i shot guns at the gun range for the first time I've reversed all my political opinions. We need to arm the podcasters, <laughs> arm the teachers, repeal Bill C twenty one, arm the hammers. I have a shell. <laughs> I have a shell casing on my laptop right now as I'm recording. Uh, yeah, that was so fucking fun, dude. <laughs> okay, so uh, I want to know everything. I want to know about the. So you went to the gun range that I said yes. last podcast. I actually went on a date there once. So <laughs> I didn't find romance at the gun range, but okay. So I went with Ty and Eric. Uh, we went in they had quite a few people in the waiting room and they're like hey we'll get you guys in before the end of the day no worries write down your info pick out all your ammo and the guns you want to shoot go away like have a coffee and then come back uh when we call you just like don't go too far uh very much like you know when a restaurant says like ah stay in the neighborhood and we'll get you in soon right right they give you the little like little <laughs> I landmine wish, buzzer i wish thing. We had a buzzer yeah so uh as we were headed back out to Eric's car to go grab coffee, there was like a very like hipster looking man and woman, especially the woman. I'm like, oh, wouldn't have guessed you'd want to go to a gun range. 
I think a couple on a date, probably, mm-hmm. and a snippet of dialogue I heard as I walked by, which we were dying laughing as soon as we got in the car. Because I guess the man must have said, like, what did you think? How was that? And the woman just sounded so quiet and defeated. And she's like, well, it was very loud. And as soon as we got back into Eric's car, I'm like, yo, they're getting a huge fight later. That can be traced back to this moment. But yeah, we went in. Like, So Eric had shot a couple times for it. Ty and I were virgins. We popped our cherry. Okay. Um, we were formerly bleeding heart liberals. Now we're radicalized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Eric was kind of like, you also select for the whole group. So it's like, oh, do we want to shoot some nine millimeter? Okay, mm-hmm. let's get some uh, some nines for the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we can split everything three ways. Like, it's all good. Yeah. Um, and it's also a range where like a guide goes in with you, which was very helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, getting like additional pointers and not just being left to our own devices. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, literally our own devices. <laughs> you guys would have just bud wired yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Is this where this goes? <laughs> Dude, I don't know if we've mentioned Bud Dwyer on the pod yet. For all of our <laughs> listeners, go look up Bud Dwyer. It's uh, some fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, we, um, we're we selecting our stuff. And I think, so I was like, you know, not like scared or anxious, but like already had a lot of adrenaline walking in. Like, this is going to be... This is going to be intense. Well, there's a lot of gravity to shooting a gun, man. No, there's, and you can hear, obviously, it. the gunshots from, you know, muffled, but you can hear them in the main, like, waiting area. Um, so Ty asked at one point, as we were picking out a rifle, he's like, to our woman behind the counter, he's like, which one has the least recoil? <laughs> and then instead of being discreet, she immediately turns to her coworker and says super loudly, hey, which rifle has the least recoil? <laughs> Eric and I are like, be cool, man, be cool. <laughs> which one is the least loud (laughs) i heard it's loud (laughs) and then when we were at the coffee shop i was joking with ty i'm like so you definitely slipped them a 20 on the way out so they don't fit us in today at the range right (laughs) oh and ty also uh revealed because we had to give our licenses and she was like oh it was your birthday yesterday you get a free shot so he got to shoot a, a, one bullet from a Desert Eagle. Hell yeah. Which was insane. Hell yeah. We took slow-mo videos and it was like this huge fireball. Whoa. We are also asking our guide, like, who uses Desert Eagle? She's like, well, nobody except for, like, people at the shooting range. She's like, there's no reason for this gun to exist. Who's, was that someone's famous gun? Like, was that a Clint Eastwood gun? Like, So Clint Eastwood, what he his shoot? famous gun as Dirty Harry was a 44 Meg. Okay. I'm sure the Desert Eagle has been used in movies before, but, like... Also, in a lot of Call of Duty games, you can dual wield them, which yeah. is insane. Yeah. Because I remember when Warzone made their, like, team deathmatch mode free for a while during COVID. I spent a lot of time grinding my way up to unlocking double desert eagles. Uh-huh. <laughs> double Ds, as they call yeah, them. double Ds. In the parlance. Throw um, some Ds on that bed. <laughs> to, uh, Tomb Raider, Lara, Lara Croft also dual wields. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of a love letter to uh, John Woo in his films, perhaps. Oh, yes. Um, but one thing I want to tell you. So they're like, when we came back from the coffee shop, they're like, yeah, we'll give you a brief safety training. They were not kidding about brief. We were <laughs> in and out. <laughs> but basically, the guy was saying, like, there are two rules of gun safety. Always point a gun downrange, even if it's not loaded. And never put your finger on the trigger until you're prepared to shoot. Yeah, which is obviously, yeah, good advice. But I want to tell you. He also made a couple of references to like 
And then you just point and shoot, bang, 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 like John Wick. <laughs> and also our guide on the inside, I think she made a reference to John Wick as well. Okay. So that really got my gears turning. Like, what would their pop culture reference have been like 10 years ago or 20 mm. years ago? Because like, if that's their their broad point of reference for like guns these days, like what would that have been in the past? What if it has to contractually be a Keanu movie? So it's, I guess that would have been so the, it's the, the Matrix. Matrix. Yeah. What about before the Matrix? Because I, point break, maybe. <laughs> but he also shoots his gun into the air in frustration at one point. Right, right. In point but break, that would have been a bad example to use. Yeah, right? so they yeah. would have said, don't do a point break, right. shoot your gun in frustration. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> in repressed homosexual desire for Patrick Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> As I hypothesized that Keanu's character was going through. Um, yeah, so I would say my favorite that we shot was probably the rifle, which had like a like a red dot on the sight. So Ooh. that was much easier to aim. Yeah. And also as per Ty's request, had minimal recoil and also just having like the the butt of the gun braced against your body made yeah. that pretty easy. Yeah. Um, we also shot 357 Magnum, yeah. which the trigger pull on that was insane. It was like too much. Oh, yeah. For my little hands, <laughs> um, my little paws. Um, we shot a Beretta 9mm. Colt 1911 was probably my favorite. I was on the well, I was showing you before we started recording the Colt 1911 subreddit. <laughs> Bunch oh, yeah. of chill dudes who are in a good place in their lives. <laughs> I showed George just one picture where it's like five different guns of like different metals on somebody's bed. And I was like, the only family I have. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do a wellness check in your Colt 1911 heads out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, it, it's so... <laughs> let's... let's uh... <laughs> You know, let's not do too much more gun talk, shop talk. We're a, we're a pro gun podcast. Clip this. <laughs> Clip it. Hey. <laughs> but um, yeah, so much. It's so the trigger pull is very important, especially mm-hmm. when I used to do biathlon. So um, yeah, it's all about understanding your trigger pull and and like how um, like the sensitivity of your trigger. And also very, I found a huge important. part of it was being able to keep your gun still as you're pulling the trigger up to the point where you start to anticipate the recoil, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is something you had to work through. Cause once, once you fire a few times, you're like, okay, I know what's coming. And then you start kind of like tensing up and almost moving your gun in anticipation before you, right. Before you, you shoot, you move with the gun, you become the gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to become the gun. So. <laughs> Um, yeah. Also, I was showing you the targets, one of which was yes. a regular target that I took home, and the other was a clown target. Yeah. So after we went to the range, we went out to New West to do a, a game of pool at Georgie's, and then we got tacos at the Mexican place there. Mm-hmm. And I had like my targets like rolled up on the the bar counter in front of me, so you couldn't see what it was. Like it was just a white exterior. Mm-hmm. And as our waitress, she she was really cool. As she was settling up with us. She's like, oh, are those like prints of a poster? I'm like, no, we were at the gun range. She's like, I don't believe you. I'm like, <laughs> you're waiting for her to ask, man. Yeah, low key. I was high key waiting. And then I unrolled them. She's like, whoa, that's so cool. And I could tell she just like respected us more. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I had you guys pegged for like hipster types. We're like, no, no, no. That's what we're trying to avoid. We've totally changed our stance on everything. <laughs> So anyway, guns are great. Women respect you. We need to defend our podcast studio. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> but while I was doing all this, you were getting into another microphone-based hobby, were you not? Oh, yes. <laughs> so this weekend, I, uh, me and Amanda had 
little get together uh, for her birthday officially. Um, and uh, we invited a bunch of our friends. Sorry to clarify, it's not her birthday yet, right? No, it'll be, it'll, it's coming up. Okay, yeah. I'm going to wish her a happy birthday on her birthday. Okay. I didn't want That's to That's be... how normal people do it. Yes. yes. Okay. Please do that. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to Amanda. Hell yeah. Shouts out. Um, so anyway, we had a few people over. Um, so it was a multi multi-layered experience we <laughs> you you come in to our apartment okay. and uh you know there's a bit of a waiting period until the the festivities really get going and then the first sort of event was a wine tasting game that we okay. that we did um so <laughs> um amanda gave every there were six wines we asked people to bring like uh, a, a cheap bottle of wine or whatever like under ten dollars and uh we we uh uh, she she gave everybody a little sip of wine and they had to guess like a tasting note of mm, wine and the, I'd be so bad at that and the varietal <laughs> so like is this a cab sauve is this a pinot gris like what what is it um, right and uh the winner like whoever got the most uh basically like won a bottle of wine <laughs> yeah, win more wine yeah <laughs> Uh, and, uh, as Amanda was like explaining the game, she'd had a couple of drinks at this point. Um, she was like, yeah, you know, like taste. So the first part is the tasting note. So, you know, what, what does it taste like? Like, uh, pl- you could say plum or chocolate or cum shot. Everyone was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like that was her just like example. <laughs> That's a truly wild example for like a calm group wine tasting. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that was something you said. I'm like, that would be characteristic <laughs> for you to say that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and uh, it's so funny too. It's like <laughs> I love that she said it's not calm, but calm shot. <laughs> right, tastes like a rainbow party. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, actually, I won the game. Whoa! But I didn't disclose that I won the game because I felt it would be impolite to be the host and win the game. But uh, you well, know, but I mean, I, but I won. I won the game. Um, so you didn't have any prior knowledge. No, no, you no. just won it fair and square. No, I wasn't like Nancy Pelosi insider <laughs> trading. <laughs> Yo, real quick, have you seen that video of Paul Pelosi that got released? Oh yes, it's so insane. <laughs> I don't even want to go into it on mic. I'll tell you my thoughts later. <laughs> so wild. Anyway, yeah. I believe whatever CNN said about it. <laughs> this podcast is all parody. <laughs> go on, George. We're, yeah, we're party line on this podcast. Yeah, we're goofing around. So, uh, anyway, yeah, I won the game. I'm a bit of a savant, it turns out, when it comes to varietals. I won on the varietals. So uh, I pegged a, a few oh. of them for cabs. They were, in fact, cabs. Huh. I got a blend because blends always taste fucking bad. So I was like, this right. is a blend. I guess blends are just like, what's the worst one? That's probably a blend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, huh. they just take a bunch of leftovers and put it in a blend jet, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Promo code BREADHEAD12 for 12% <laughs> off. Um, anyway, and then the second uh, part of our party, the second part of the experience was karaoke. So Amanda got Hell a karaoke yes. machine for her birthday, uh, for Christmas um, this past year. And uh, so my karaoke, I, I started it off. I started the evening off with uh, Stars, the Russell Crowe version of Stars from Les Mis, the Les Miserables soundtrack. <laughs> okay. I just did a solo. <laughs> um, Russell Crowe, famously bad, like singer on in that movie i was going to say i did see it when it was in theaters i have zero retention for it <laughs> so yeah I, I i don't remember anything about his singing <laughs> yeah 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 um and i realized something 
when we were doing the karaoke is my favorite, like, you know, all, of course it's fun to do like, uh, you know, a communal, a song that everybody knows, everybody's singing along, everybody's invested. Um, you know, you do like a, like a throwback from high school, you know, you, you do a little Mr. Brightside. Oh, you, maybe you have the mic, but everyone's singing along. Yeah. Every, people are going crazy. Look, that's all fun and games. Did you have the pop filter on the karaoke? <laughs> <laughs> the safety was not on. <laughs> No, <laughs> we did not have a pop filter. <laughs> uh, we were not being safe. No, no. <laughs> that evening. But what I realized is my favorite karaoke experience is when somebody goes up where, like, maybe nobody knows the song, but this is just a song that they love. And they're oh, just soloing yeah. it. And they're just putting their heart into it. <laughs> That's my favorite. My friend Jauka did, like, a rendition of uh, Father John Misty, Pure Comedy um dude that's like an it interesting was... karaoke choice <laughs> well i want i said it. i was like do something that only you fucking know i want you to do something you love like your favorite song um and it was so nice man it's just i just i, I fucking love it that's my favorite Hell karaoke yeah. experience anyway security tried to shut us down at the end of the night they were success successful they they, <laughs> <laughs> they did in fact shut us down it's funny how they often succeed at that <laughs> yeah we were like I don't know, because we had a few get-togethers at our tiny apartment, and like we're like, yeah, concrete walls, man. Like it's all good. We can make as much noise as we want. But we've we've always been like, well, there must be a limit oh, somewhere. Sorry, I was misinterpreting because I'm like, I thought I saw footage on Instagram from your apartment, but I'm like, did they go to an actual karaoke bar and just like take the equipment? Oh no! So no. this was always in, yeah, sorry, yeah, always so in your. Apartment. We kept it in house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, nice. And we were like, oh man, yeah, we were just blaring, you know, at the top of our lungs. So it's like, man. The, we we were really testing the boundaries we yeah. knew it was bound to happen and we we found the limit if you <laughs> if everybody is singing panic at the discos uh i write sins not tragedies at the top of their lungs in the tiny apartment right uh, right that's when the security comes to get you yeah that that makes sense yeah and <laughs> were you beaten <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a no-knock warrant they just they just came in and apartments took the mic out of our hands brutality <laughs> <laughs> um that so, sounds so dope though. yeah it was fun man it was really fun it was like such a good night man wish you wish you could have been there we invited yeah, you but no you were that, in that would have been very fun well i'm sure you guys will get more use out of those mics mm -hmm. and you'll you'll have future things I, I would love to attend and pick some sort of deep cut song oh yeah everyone's like what is it <laughs> Yeah, that's my favorite. I mean, by the end of the night, it was basically just me and Jack, I, like sitting on the couch, like going shot for shot, like me singing a song, him singing Hell a yeah. song. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, oh, one thing I want to mention, uh, despite me joking about my right wingification at the gun range, I did do something good the other day. I actually sent some financial aid to the Ukraine, which I haven't told oh, you wow. about. Uh, <laughs> how much did well, you send, man? How, how many uh, missiles did you send them? <laughs> I just send them guns from the range. <laughs> you send them empty note. shell casings. So, you just send them your fucking uh, targets. <laughs> Hoping this might inspire you guys. Good luck! Exclamation point. Side, you side them. <laughs> so what actually happened is that I was on the clothing resales website, Grailed, and uh, there's this Tom Ford era Gucci shirt that I really wanted to get, and the seller happened to be a Ukrainian guy. Oh, okay. so I PayPal them the money. Oh hell yes. <laughs> So it wasn't like deliberate. It's not, I guess it's not financial aid per se. <laughs> I don't think I can put that as a charitable donation on my taxes, but right. yeah. So now I'm like, 
I hope the shipping goes normally. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll let you know when that church shows up. <laughs> Sounds good, man. You're keeping, you're keeping a much closer eye on the geopolitical situation in the Ukraine now, right? Yeah. <laughs> now I'm reading the headlines yeah. being like, keyword searching like exports gucci <laughs> i'm like you have a ukraine flag now outside of your apartment <laughs> well i was joking with a couple friends i'm like fuck knowing my luck i probably sent money to one of those like azov battalion neo-nazi guys yeah dude <laughs> as long as there's nothing crazy sewn onto the shirt because i looked at all the pictures on grail but yeah so it's a black t-shirt and instead of having like so my gripe with a lot of the Gucci stuff now is it's very splashy with the logo. It's like the monogram logo all over it. It's mm -hmm. very garish. Whereas during Tom Ford's tenure as creative director, it was much more subtle, sexy. So this is like a black shirt just with a hint of the red and green like embroidered on the end of the sleeve. But mm -hmm. it's very low key. It's more like if you know, you know type stuff. I respect Tom Ford because he's a bald gentleman who's who doesn't do the shaved head bald. You know what I mean? Wait, I, I think he, he keeps the wisps. Is he bald? Now I'm like, have he, I not seen a picture of him in a while? He keeps the will of the wisps, you know, at the top of his head. Um, I don't know, man. I'm seeing pictures where he does have a receded hairline, receded but he still hairline. has kind of a full head of hair. But it, it's quite receded, it's, I would say. Yeah, it's pretty receded. I respect that he hasn't... Uh, done a sort of like hair transplant it seems right he's just like i'm rocking this. he's really rocking the look man i, I was gonna I like say it. he's also a very talented director i wish he would do more movies yeah he did that one movie with um uh, i forget what it is. it was like a serious man or something a right serious or a single man a single man i think a serious man is a coen colin brothers Firth. Colin Firth, i always right? get those two confused yeah. and then he did nocturnal animals yeah i didn't watch that but i watched oh the it's super good single man, man is pretty good yeah so yeah i'll let you know when that shirt shows up yes. hopefully it shows up yeah <laughs> praying for ukraine man anyway i was gonna say if anyone is in a uh, war-torn country and you have any tom ford era gucci garments uh i'm a size medium in shirts <laughs> usually a 30 or 31 in pants and then a nine and a half in shoes so <laughs> bang our line at howoriginalpod at gmail.com <laughs> i was kind of weird that ukraine is one of the only countries where it's the ukraine you know what I mean? Well, that's also very recent, right? I think it's always been a. Th I don't or know. Or wait, is am I getting it wrong? Was it previously the Ukraine? Now we just say Ukraine. I might have done a microaggression. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, against me. I'm Ukrainian, but wait, I don't know if people know. I was, I was going to say maybe <laughs> if anyone can settle this, it's you. Yeah. Also, a question for you: Didn't we change the way we're now pronouncing like Kiev? So uh, I, I mean, I never have because I know the right way to say it. Right. Okay. And it's weird because it's. I don't think it's correct. Uh, maybe it's the Ukrainian because I actually don't know Ukrainian. I know Russian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I so it's, it's Kiev, but then right. people are these days are saying Kiev or whatever. Huh. Yeah. So people are just wrong. I well, it may be the Ukrainian way to say it. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I'm sure people will let us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> uh one last thing before we get into the movie, which I don't know if we said up top, we're doing win it all. Uh, the Joe Swanberg movie, which we both really like. But before we get into that, another hobby I've been getting into is watching movies on the, the Tubi streaming service. Yes. <laughs> so literally the about only Tubi. time I've used Netflix in the past week has been to watch Win It All. Other than that, I'm a test Tubi baby. Yep. Uh, I've been workshopping names for the spinoff podcast. I think I'm done with Netflix. <laughs> you know, we have this idea that's like easy to do an elevator pitch for. Everyone knows Netflix. Everyone's been burned by like a bad Netflix original. 
I'm like, what if I just did a podcast about no-name erotic thrillers I've watched on Tubi? I was going to say, so you think what our podcast needs to get numbers up is to do less relevant movies. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, we uh, definitely notice a discrepancy in our listens when we pick a movie that people have actually heard of. So I think we need to get away from that. We're becoming too commercialized. I be- yeah, yeah. Uh, so Tubi is a free app where you don't even need an account. Tubi, it just goes. Yes. <laughs> However, you can, you can create an account. So basically everything you watch will have ads every 20 or so minutes, like one ad, and then you get back to the movie. Diads. It's free. Uh, if you create an account, you can do like a watch list and you can return to your saved progress in a movie you watch. Uh, but literally you can be anyone and just start streaming. Like you said, you downloaded it and right away off to the races. There's no no barriers <laughs> no yeah yeah it's just open borders man it's open a po- it's a very porous border <laughs> over there at tubi the huddled masses <laughs> and i i was saying to you kids before, in cages <laughs> i want to be put in a, a tubi cage um so i also just watch tubi like a clockwork orange the entire day i pretty much have been um, <laughs> Yeah, Tubi has a huge selection, though. And apparently, as a filmmaker, you actually get more money for your streams on Tubi than you might on Prime. But I feel like you also get more cachet behind your movie if you put it on Prime. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Tubi does not get a lot of respect in my group chat. People are calling me out for watching movies with commercials. (laughs) And to that, I would say this. First of all, I'm right. Everybody else is wrong. That's the theme of the podcast. (laughs) Secondly, though, it, it takes me back to my childhood of like, when you're on TV just looking for anything R-rated, like, this will be good entertainment. And sometimes you watch crazy shit that nobody's ever heard of with commercials. Yes. And it's kind of, like, nostalgic in that way. Yes, yes. Not saying that I prefer it with commercials, but it is, like, that kind of lo-fi retro viewing experience. Yes. Um, I think people who watch movies with the ads have <laughs> more mental uh, strength. They nice. they are mentally so, stronger than everyone else. So you're saying I'm actually smart for doing this? Yes. Not uh, well. I think you have more resolve. Yeah. Than most. Well, also it's like I don't understand why anyone would want to pay for Netflix the ad tier when it's like either commit fully or just watch Tubi for free. Because mm-hmm. there's a you know Tubi a lot of their catalog is pretty buck wild, but they do have some like classic movies and some like kind of overlooked gems not everything is like a b movie from the 90s (laughs) um i was was gonna say before we take a break uh recently at my work um we did a we did a whole thing for like an hour of like my buddy like without looking it up he's like can you name every single channel from channel one to like channel 50 that that was on cable tv (laughs) and that was fun man it was it was a real throwback we were like you know, channel fucking 14 was UPN or whatever. And uh, channel 25 is YTV. 25 right? was YTV. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a break <laughs> and uh, we're going to come back and we're minute. talking win it all. And well, for viewers. Okay, we're back. We're back. And in the tradition of this podcast and our excellently timed breaks, there was a segment I wanted to do up top. I was just going to mention a Netflix news article that i stumbled across i i think i, I want to call this segment the news and <laughs> <N-news>. news <laughs> <N-news. laughs> 
What's on the news, man? George is cracking his second lime white claw after drinking one key lime LaCroix. So he's in the lime cinematic universe right there. <laughs> he's seen green, folks. I am the Green Lantern. <laughs> You're the Hulk. I'm Ryan. Yeah, I'm I'm the big guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're the big guy. My secret, I'm always I'm always drinking claw. <laughs> My secret, I'm fucked up at all times. I'm always drunk. <laughs> Dude, that's like the movie Another Round. Oh, yeah. With Mads Mikkels. Oh, yes. Yeah. Great. That movie, movie fucking rules. Five star movie for me. I'm oh, like, I can attest. Yes. If you're drunk all the time, your life does low key fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> but it also low key rules. Which is why <laughs> I'm drinking a LaCroix right now instead of a claw. Yes. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Netflix users who have been sharing their passwords with friends and family who live hundreds or even thousands of kilometers away, won't be able to do so for much longer. Um, so basically, this is from today. Ooh, got a hinge message. Okay, that's, again, neither here nor there. <laughs> Sorry, phone face down. Um, basically, Netflix has 230 million paying subscribers, but it's estimated there could be as many as 100 million people watching on a shared password. So apparently, as of today... Some CTV News Toronto viewers who shared passwords with family and friends say they've already been blocked from the service. And I want to share this stat. A new survey found 62% of those who share passwords said they will stop using Netflix due to the new policy. Meanwhile, 25% said they cannot afford it, and 35% said they will use another streaming service. <laughs> so my suggestion to all these struggling people, get on Tubi. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> get on Tubi. <laughs> Watch movies where James Spader is a horny yuppie who fucks. <laughs> it rules. Stop promoting your offshoot podcast. That's never going to happen. You, you got to yeah. keep the Netflix numbers yeah. up so that people will watch the originals, man. We have invested interest, Well, dude. I also found a category that's like Tubi Originals, which I haven't explored, but it's like I'm dying to know what Tubi Originals are. We have to. Oh, man. <laughs> We maybe, have to explore. You know what? Originals. Maybe for the last episode of season one, we'll briefly comment on like what even is on Tubi Originals. Oh, yes, we should. Because yes. the thumbnails for all, a lot of the thrillers on Tubi made me think of like the books that the Deadly Illusions protagonist, like those kind of titles. <laughs> Yacht Club. <laughs> yeah. Or like Fatal Pulse or something <laughs> where it's like Wednesday luncheon. Wives are killing husbands. Husbands are killing wives. People are fucking. It's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, just want to share that about Netflix. So we'll see uh, what <clears throat> what will become of them over the next few months. Yeah. All right. They're, they're coming for you, though. Let's talk win it all and ruining your life through gambling. <laughs> the winner wins it all. <laughs> the loser has to fall. So I want to ask you real quick. I was going to say ABBA was uh, criminally uh, underrepresented. underrepresented at the Grammys this year. They, they lost... They lost. Well, I think as a micro-budget indie, you aren't really able to license a lot of known uh, songs. Oh, no, 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 at the Grammys. Man. Yeah, at yeah. the Grammys. Oh, I've, oh. I think, yeah, it was from the Grammys, the pictures of uh, Ben Affleck, where he looks yes. super miserable. Yeah. <laughs> where people are like, he just wants Dunkin' Donuts and a cig. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, relatable. Who amongst us? Um, so, George, have you ever gambled for money? Have you ever wagered? Have you ever played a card game for money? Even just informally with friends? Uh, yeah, me and Nick have been known to bet. And what do you bet upon? We bet upon just like dumb questions that we have. Like, I don't okay. think this. And then it's like, no, like, let's bet. And mm. uh, we we actually have a ritual for it. Do you want to hear the yeah, ritual? The please, betting ritual? get into it. So me and Nick, 
um yeah we we used to bet like all the time and i disproportionately lost like my oh. track record was bad <laughs> so is as, that why you as... ceased making these bets with them because you're like i'm not gonna turn it around <laughs> i think i would be the worst gambler ever <laughs> i uh but uh yeah so our ritual would go like this so um i would say wanna bet baba fett <laughs> <laughs> baba. <laughs> and then he would say yeah for sure emperor like whoa it's like dumb star wars references whoa yeah but you had this like weird rhyme scheme yeah that just like triggered the yes the activation and it was all it was star wars themed yeah whoa yeah because nick is like a huge star wars nerd so i forget where the i think oh so sorry the bets you're making were they about star wars no 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 not necessarily oh because i was gonna say i think on pod we both have a very hazy understanding of star wars (laughs) so i'm like no wonder you were losing (laughs) you're not playing to your strong suit You gotta bet on like musicals or something. It's not your game, man. Yeah, it's just it's, not your game. It's not your game. Yeah. Um anyway, so yes, we would bet on that. I would disproportionately lose. I was uh the Jake Johnson character, basically. <laughs> yeah. I, I was Dude. like the fucking uh Michael uh what's his name? Keegan Ke- Michael Key. Ke- yeah. Where he was like, Genius. You're a loser, grade A, first rate, motherfucking loser. Just Dude. admit it. Tell me, you're a loser. Like when he was berating <laughs> so him in the movie. I love that scene where, uh, yeah, Key is playing Gene, the sponsor. So he's like sober from gambling and he's reprimanding Jake Johnson, who you're meant to think has been in and out of like Gamblers Anonymous meetings, like 12 step stuff. Yeah. And yeah, he's saying, you're a loser. You've always lost every story you've told me. It's been about losing, <laughs> which is so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. So I was going to say, I have a bit more experience with gambling than you do. Um, unlike this movie, I mostly do sports betting. And I want to say for the listeners, stories of my gambling have been greatly overhyped. I barely gamble anymore. <laughs> I only put like 30 bucks total on the Super Bowl this year. Last Super Wait. Bowl, <laughs> I overextended myself a bit. And uh, it was too stressful. Hold on. I thought before the pod, you told me how proud you are of not betting on the Super Bowl this year. Oh, Did no, you just sorry. make a bet like in the no, course no, that we've been no, doing no. this podcast? I said... <laughs> I think what I said is I barely bet compared to last year where I look, I've never bet money that I'm not prepared to part with. Uh I've never like put myself in a Jake Johnson situation where it's like, I'm getting coffee at the corner store with credit where I'm like, I'll hit you back next time. (laughs) And the owner is like chasing me out. But uh, yeah. What have you ever? Okay. Yeah. I was going to say like, um, have you ever made a irresponsible bet? Uh, what's the arguably, most irresponsible gambling experience you've had i mean arguably the super bowl last year where i had like a few hundred riding on it uh a little bit of that like on silly prop bets like what will the coin toss be at the start of the game like what color will the gatorade port on the winning coach be <laughs> so you, you can bet on stuff like will commercial a or commercial b air first in the broadcast uh-huh. like will it be taco bell or budweiser like uh-huh, uh-huh. insane shit but right. basically i'd bet on the <clears throat> I bet on the Bengals to win. I went straight money line. I didn't even do spread because I'm stupid. And then I got my friend Ty of Think Fresh shouts out. I got him onto Bodog, the app I use. Mm-hmm. And because he used my promo code and because he deposited crypto, I got like a big bonus, like free money. So anyway, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty. Basically, I I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't win I, at all. I hit on like a few of the minor prop bets, but the bulk of the money was lost. And like, it was a game where up until like the last minute or 90 seconds of play, it did appear as if I was going to win big. Mm. Like the payout would have been, 
I forget, like at least five hundred dollars mm-hmm. of like gain okay. from you know what I'd bet. So that would have been like my biggest. And again, maybe there's like a degenerate gambler listening to this being like, those numbers are nothing. Yeah. yeah. But also, I wanted to tell you a funny gambling story. So on Bodog, there's like an e-casino. <laughs> and when I first started making some sports bets with friends, we were all joking, like, what kind of loser would go into the <laughs> casino? Of Uh-oh. course, we all did. <laughs> and I swear the casino was rigged because the first night I was like playing a bit of blackjack and roulette. And this was like before I even knew basic strategy for blackjack. I won like $325 right away. Mm. But don't they get you with like the first timer thing, right? Well, That's I how think they hook you in. Right? I, You're like, I'm good at this. I have no way of proving it, but I swear it's rigged yeah. because there's no way I should have been winning that much money. Like looking back at how little I knew about blackjack at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that was like the most exciting night of my life. <laughs> I went to bed that night being like, I think I'm I could be a professional gambler. <laughs> I think I think I could quit. I think I'm built for this. <laughs> And of course, proceed to eventually lose it all uh, over time. Not like, you know, going back the next day, putting it all in like one spin of roulette or anything. But I watched like a low budget documentary about Canadian uh, poker players one time. I I I recommended it to you. Yes, it's on my watch list. (laughs) I forget what it was called. But um, (laughs) one scene that I can never like get out of my head (laughs) is this guy who like he's a professional gambler. And um, he whenever... uh, so he's either like at the casino or like at some like illegal uh, poker game right. every single night, or he's at home playing like eight different uh, blackjack games at the same yeah. time, which is so Dude, insane. That's that's not a great life. <laughs> like, like all night, you know. Yeah. Or like I think what he said was like when he loses at the 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 real life games, like Ooh. when he, if he goes to the table, he loses. Yeah. He comes back home. And he tries to win it back in like the online, like playing yeah. like, 10 different fucking blackjack games at the same time, which, which is such a wild move. Now that you're saying this, I'm surprised they didn't actually show any online gambling in this movie, because I feel like this yeah. character would be going online at this point. Right. Because this like, is a very modern Like, film. so Jake Johnson plays at an illegal casino, I assume for proximity reasons. I didn't look it up, but maybe in downtown Chicago, there are no casinos in, like, the main downtown core. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, people sometimes would choose, like, an illegal casino if they can't easily access, if they have to drive a long way to, like, a real casino. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, like, even the part where he's banned from his real casino for right. two weeks, it's, like, maybe you would just go online now. I don't know. There's right. legalization of gambling, I think, basically countrywide in the States now. Back in 2017, when this movie was made, maybe, I don't know. I feel like Bodog EU, much like Tubi, has never turned anyone away. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in this movie, so Jake Johnson is a degenerate, lifelong loser. And uh, you see the idea with gambling and with a lot of addictions. It's like, no matter how many times this has turned out negatively for someone, they're still coming back despite how much it's harming them thinking like, I can turn this around. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like both in real life and in movies with gamblers, there is this idea of like, no matter how many times I've lost, I'm still a smart person. There's something still exceptional about me. I can turn this all around. Like I'm still going to get my big break. Yeah. Um, how stressful did you find this movie? So the first time I watched this, I would say very stressful. Yeah. Um, Same. <laughs> like uncut gems level stressful. I never found it as stressful as uncut gems. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little less, but like on the level, I would say. Yeah. Um, 
the but then exponentially I, I watched it the second time and this is my third watch of it um i much less stressful like i like i wasn't stressed out at all and i feel like the whole second act of the movie is just like <laughs> a guy hanging out and having a relationship yeah i feel like all the disastrous stressful stuff is in the first and third act yeah the second act is like pretty mellow <laughs> well i was gonna say i i from my first watch like i was very surprised on my second watch of this movie because i remembered there being a lot more gam actual gambling that happened yeah, like i remember same. him losing a lot more than he actually did like he only plays like four four games like there's only like four yeah scenes of gambling in total well there's in one movie. scene also where he goes into his underground casino and then immediately we cut to outside it's yeah. like down 27 grand on the screen and he's like kicking the garbage thing outside yeah, and yeah. freaking out <laughs> in like his white suit so i guess we should say so like um should we talk about just the plot like set up the plot first or should we set up kind of more so the background of the let's, film let's talk a bit about swanberg mumblecore how this was kind of more structured and more suspenseful than his other movies perfect yeah so joe swanberg famous mumblecore filmmaker <laughs> and how would you describe mumblecore to those people listening who might not know what it is um i guess like I don't know if you've ever seen a Richard Linklater movie. Right. Um, it's basically just that. <laughs> like, like it's, I guess, very naturalistic. Very conversational, very loose, often improvised. Like, yeah. this is the first time Swanberg has ever worked with a script. So he enlisted Jake Johnson as a co-writer, actually, to help him get over the hurdle of, yeah. like, the pressure of writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess the whole point of it is low budget, feels like a hangout movie. In, in a way right is like, mumblecore just a podcast <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like if you're a mumblecore director like you're able to execute your ideas with minimal money and kind of minimal um like they're often independence um yeah like i find it's more so a style of necessity rather than of like filmmakers seeking this style right right although like as a viewer i i seek this style like like i prefer yeah. it often like joe swammer is like one of my favorite like filmmakers yeah. like making movies today like like i would if he made a movie today he, like he's maybe in like a list that i have in my head of like maybe 10 filmmakers that i would like jump on and and see that movie like the day it comes out right like if, if i heard a new movie by him is comes out like i would see it day one you know what you I mean? know what i still hope against hope that another season of easy will come out which is joe swanberg's anthology series he did for netflix my my so on which record, also jake johnson and a bunch of his like repeat collaborators yeah are in. yeah it rocks on record my favorite show ever yeah like it's like so ever, good. all time all time favorite show i've, I've seen i've rewatched that show so much like like i've gone like i've rewatched i rewatched that show like people watch the office like they just watch Whoa. the office all day <laughs> every day like repeat episodes like i've rewatched that show so many times i love it dude. i think i've seen every season maybe a couple times but yeah i'm i'm due for a rewatch because i i don't remember all of it at yeah. this point um but yeah a lot of the episodes are again very loosely structured about people's relationship issues and I, I don't know if any other show has like captured or any other he's like I to me he's the best at capturing just what it's like to be alive right now I don't know if you feel the same way but like you know often you know I, I guess it's the combination of like I think he understands modern 
conflicts and struggles mm. that may happen for people's in people's daily lives, like struggles with relationships, struggles with like, I don't know, work and um, things like, you know, even gambling addictions. And, and yeah. like, I think those are very modern. I think he cap he really has a good uh, sense of like, what are people struggling with today? What kinds mm. of conflicts are they having in their lives? And he puts that to film combined with the mumblecore aspect of it, how natural it is. Um, to me, like no one captures modern life better than a Joe Swanberg movie. You know what I mean? I don't know if you agree with That's, that, but I actually or, hadn't or, thought about that. But yeah, I find everything he does is very believable. It feels very real. Like everything about Win It All, it's like the casting, the neighborhoods that they shot in, the texture of the film, just the the scope of the story feels very believable. Like, yeah, he <laughs> he reuses a lot of the same, like in the show Easy, for example, like he, there's certain, because it's a, it's an anthology. So every episode is like a self-contained thing to an extent, but then he'll revisit storylines and over the so, seasons. Some of those storylines, like I, a lot of people have said, like you watch, for example, you watch Dazed and Confused, right? Like the like, the Linklater mm -hmm. movie or like, like really any Linklater movie, I would say like Days and Confused is probably the ultimate like hangout movie. Everybody wants some. I was going to say, too. I'm a big everybody wants some yeah, guy. Yeah. I love I everybody did just rewatch Top Gun Maverick. So Glenn Powell, who is like the hangman, the super cocky pilot. So that is good. great and everybody wants some. But like, you know, uh, those characters just feel like your friends. Like Quinn Tarantino has famously said, like, if you go back to Days and Confused, like, those guys are just your your friends like that yeah. you, you haven't seen for a long time. Every time you watch that movie, you're just, you know, you're seeing your buds. Like I I think Joe Swanberg, like every time he revisits like the Dave Franco storyline in in Easy where he's like <laughs> starting up a microbrewery in his garage, which one, I'm yeah. pretty sure the garage that they used in the microbrewery was the garage that um, they used in the scene. I don't know. It's a very, uh, oh. the, the scene in the back of his brother's house in Win and All, oh. I think was the garage from Easy. Um, would not surprise me that's so interesting i did not make that connection <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm almost certain, but uh it it so feels like these are people real people that exist today like like it's so lived in yeah and i would say his movies kind of or his, the stories he tells have like a warmth and compassion and kind of this note of optimism when you say even when they deal with tough topics to oh yeah yeah totally although i guess so one of my main gripes with Win It All is I don't feel the ending was very well executed, right. and we'll get to that eventually. But um, yeah, I was also going to say I was driving myself absolutely bananas trying to find the budget for this movie because every article said like micro budget, but like much bigger budget than he'd ever worked with before. <laughs> First time he'd used a script, I couldn't find an actual number. <laughs> Do you think the exact budget for this movie was the exact amount of money in the duffel bag? <laughs> What was the, what was the, it was a 10 K? What was Dude, it? Dude. So this is another 50, thing no, that drove. 50? So I mistakenly thought it's 50 K total in the, in the double. Not true. The Netflix write-up says when Eddie loses 50,000, that's not his. So he never lost the entirety of what was in the duffel bag. So it's more than 50 K. Oh. I think it's more than 50, like maybe less than a hundred. Okay. And I would love if any of our listeners are as obsessive as I can be, if they went through and added up all the sums because i think so i think it's an unanswerable question like how much mm. money there actually was because right. 
when he starts to work and be gainfully employed as a landscaper, he's starting to put money back into the bag. We don't know how much exactly goes back in. Yeah. So we know how much he loses at various points because mm-hmm. it's written on the screen, but we never see a running total of what's in the bag. Right. And also I'm unclear at the final high stakes poker game. He wins big. So he, he's even for what's in the bag like he can replace everything but he also gains personally and i don't think we know the exact number do i think we? he says 100. is it like a hundred yeah right. okay do you hear that too i that? i thought he said he won or he totaled like he cashes out a hundred yeah. at the game yeah but also he starts to have the heart attack that's actually a panic attack and we never see the cash out process so was it a panic attack? Oh, okay i thought it was a heart attack so Okay, let's just get straight okay, into okay. the end. But by the in way, true how original fashion. I'm sorry for. Uh, I'm gonna be doing a lot of Joe Swanberg dick riding this movie, as I told you <laughs> on text. Like, I he's dude. I just told you he's like my favorite filmmaker. He's like, your guy. like, I fucking love. I've seen every single one of his movies. So I, like, I, all, uh, okay. I, I haven't, seen, haven't seen like two, but <laughs> I haven't seen Digging for Fire, which is also with Jake Johnson. But I've heard it's quite good. Pretty good, yeah. Pretty okay. good. I, I have to rewatch. I've seen it once, but I liked it. I think I liked this one better, and I liked. Uh, drinking buddies better drinking buddies raw yeah we <laughs> so good we had an argument over drinking buddies in italy do you remember yes, that yeah. one of our classmates who uh had a different reading of the movie than we did mm-hmm. we were again we're right about everything everybody else is wrong but but this is why his movies are awesome okay hold on just like give me a, give me like one moment <laughs> it's a dick ride i'm sorry like his movies rule because they are up to interpretation in terms of like he'll present situations that are so real and so nuanced that you can have arguments about like, what was this guy's motivation? What was he trying to do? Is he a good guy? Is he not like, um, like drinking buddies is such a nuanced movie about like trying to date a coworker who, um, you're trying to actually cheat with a coworker, (laughs) um, and trying to feel out like, is she into me? Is she not? Mm -hmm. And like getting irrationally jealous because she's like starting to date another coworker, although she's single (laughs) and, um, she has, she can do it, but you can't. And it's just so nuanced and it's so up to interpret because people are up to interpretation. Like it's, it's just so real. I don't know, man. Yeah. That is, that movie really nails, um, like particular workplace dynamics and yeah, people having feelings that like they know they don't really have a right to have, but they can't help it because they're human. And obviously you have feelings. Yeah. That, that movie rocks. Like just such specific situations and such specific emotions or feelings that like I've never seen put to film. Like it's just so nuanced. I was going to say that's, Probably the most bearded Jake Johnson role, right? Drinking Buddies. I think he oh, has yeah. a heavier beard in that. He has an interesting facial hair in this film. What has, do you think that was a choice? Like so a specific character choice? Uh, Speak to I, it. For the listeners who don't know what I look like, I look, I'm bald as hell, but I am pretty blessed <laughs> when it comes to growing a beard. So it grows in quite thick all over if I leave it for a few weeks. So I, w- I was surprised on this rewatch. It's kind of like, thinner on the sides and a bit patchier but he has like the mustache and goatee part very filled very in. filled in what did you think of it i liked it yeah I, I thought it was good it was a great dirtbag type I, of look i think there is also like it's meant to show like this character doesn't have his life together like yes. he can't even shave he can't afford a cup of coffee he he fucks it all up yes <laughs> yes uh what was i looking up jake johnson beard drinking buddies yeah because he has okay he has a 
thicker, heavier beard and drinking buddies. So I think he can grow the sides a bit better than he did in Win It All. Yeah, we're like, really? Hey, this is what people come to the podcast for. They come here for ranking women and ranking beards. <laughs> what would you rank his drinking buddies beard? I think his whole aesthetic of like the dirty hats, the flannel, the beards. I mean, hey, it worked on Olivia Wilde in that movie. So if that's your bar. That's <laughs> uh, true. Uh, although the uh, the original girl in Win It All was pretty fine as well. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, the really like grown up uh sensible mexican nurse character yeah that he meets at the dirt bag bar <laughs> skinny latina who i love <laughs> i love it when she's like yeah i can really only meet in the mornings and he's like oh yeah totally fine and then he goes to their breakfast date after losing like 21 grand and he's just like a total disaster <laughs> like he's just been up all night yeah he's still in the that, same clothes that scene prompt i wrote a note here have you ever had a responsibility that you kind of forgot about in the morning after you were awake all night and you had to like <laughs> pretend to be not in shambles? Or even have you ever just stayed awake all night and then had an obligation where you had to pretend that? Oh man, this is going to be the lamest answer ever. Only to write fucking university papers, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, like you stay up all night writing and then you have to go to the class to hand it in. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you have a more fun story in, related to that? We'll talk off my okay sure <laughs> gambling related <laughs> no um i've never been like leaving a casino to be met with the harsh reality of sunlight that's uh i like winced as i was seeing that in this movie I'm oh like, man oof, that's not a not a good one <laughs> yeah yeah um he also rocks a gold chain and like a, i love uh, it <laughs> like the entire movie yes yeah, so, i was going to say so his good. outfits in this movie it's a mumblecore movie i would say he has very normcore outfits yeah yes and do you think peak normcore and mumblecore years kind of intersected? Because I would reckon they did. Kind yes. of like 2014, 2012, 20, 2012 through 2015 is maybe peak mumblecore. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Now I'm like, somebody is probably going to send me an email being like, um, actually, you were wrong about that. I mean, <laughs> what is peak mumblecore? It's basically when Drinking Buddies came out, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, I uh, I like Jake Johnson's very simple wardrobe in this. Yeah, it's well. good. It's good. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's get into it. Right away, we're introduced to Eddie, Jake Johnson's character. And he is parking cars at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Yes. Uh, which we know from a comment that he makes later defending his job parking cars, where he's like, oh, well, the Cubs are having a really good run this year. So lots of people are coming. Um, my mom, I was watching this with my parents and my mom was like, where are we in the movie? I'm like, we're in Chicago. All of Joe Swanberg's stuff is set there. And then she pointed out there were kind of like no, uh, wide shots or establishing shots. There's no skyline or aerials. You're just in it with Jake Johnson. There's a very like almost claustrophobic scope. Oh, wow. It. That's an astute observation. That's, that's very well, actually, true. I think she started that observation and then I'm like, oh, no aerials or anything like I mean, yeah, there are context clues here in Chicago, but there's no... I mean, yeah, Joe Swanberg has never done that in his entire career. <laughs> like, no. I, I don't think he could ever afford it. Like, he, Again, it's a necessity financially, but I think it's also a personal choice where it's like, we're seeing a story here that's so personal. We yes. never really get to escape it or I linger on the scenery. It's like, everything is just go, go, go. I agree. I've never been... Uh... Yeah, I've never noticed it in a negative. I've noticed it in other films. Um, yeah, because that's a very key feature of modern filmmaking, like the constant 
close-ups like I, that does irritate me in a lot of mm. films um because before that yeah directors used to take a lot more chances with the types of shots that they did they used to think about interesting shots and these days i think because of television um people rely a lot or too much on the close-up mm. yeah um, but yeah it's like there's not even like interstitial kind of b-roll stuff of like pedestrians on the street or like landmarks or anything it's like it just goes yeah 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 yeah. it's it's really honed in for sure so yeah we see eddie parking cars he has a really funny line when he says to i guess a co-worker money coming in every day <laughs> which is like a funny mantra it's like your life is falling apart and you're working this terrible job you swore you wouldn't like money coming in every day and then we see at nighttime he goes and fucking loses all his money gambling <laughs> so the casino he goes to not a real casino it's like underground this is like his spot it seems like they all know him uh illegal <laughs> casino looks i wrote in my notes looks dope as hell tbh beer and plastic cups dim lighting uh he stays up all night gambling what if his game was mahjong <laughs> Dude, I got into Mahjong in a big way at one point in my life. Oh, yeah? I did, yeah. Nice. Me and uh, my buddy Frank, like, we used to nice. we used to call ourselves the Pong Daddies. Because <laughs> uh, one of the moves in Mahjong is called Pong. Okay, like, I've actually a, never played. Yeah, if you get a certain spread, damn, you, you call it Pong or whatever. That sounds tight as hell. Yeah, dude, it was so sick. I felt so badass playing with Mahjong. <laughs> what if I had just been gambling on my computer this whole time? Like, I'm zoning <laughs> you out. I'm like, yeah, some stuff happens in the movie. Ah. Oh. Fuck, I thought I was going to get a 10. <laughs> what if I'm playing like 10 different Mahjong games on, right now on Bodog? <laughs> um, sorry, we're about to go on a break. But okay. uh, in fact, yes, let's go on a break. Yes, let's. Do, 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 do. <laughs> the winner wins it all. We're back. I was going to say, speaking of drinking buddies, I just matched with a girl on Hinge who is a brewer, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Brewer GF, podcaster BF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, what movie are we talking about? Win it all. Right, right. Um, yeah. So we see Eddie after working. Uh, he goes and loses all of his money. He's trying to get a cup of coffee on credit at the corner store where we can see the owner is like long suffering and has presumably been going through this whole song and dance with Eddie for quite some time. And he's like, I swear I'll pay you next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when Eddie goes home, he finds uh, someone is in his house, uh, much to his surprise. So it's somebody who instantly looks like bad news. The gangster guy is like very well cast. Mm -hmm. And this is basically the inciting incident of the movie because the, well, presumably gangster says, I need you to look after something. I'm going away for like six to nine months. We don't know yet, but I have to do some time. And he's wearing a beater and he has like, I think 17 tatted on his neck. Okay. Yeah. This guy's bad news. But basically. Oh, dude, I, I was going to tell you. So I'm actually going to a tattoo show soon with uh, my buddy Frank. Oh. You should totally come along with us, man. Yeah, I'd love to. I may be tempted to hey. get, get a little piece when Hell we yeah. go. Your first tattoo ever. <laughs> Because I've gone on record uh, in saying with my friends saying like I'm I I'm, I'm never gonna on my own initiative go out mm. and get a tat. But like you if need someone's to be pressuring me at gunpoint, yeah, yes, hell yeah, I need a little bit of yes. Pressure, so. Send me the details. I'd definitely be interested. Like apparently at the end of the night they do like a, a tattoo uh, runway, like like they model like the pieces that the oh, artists have done cool. on, on people that day or whatever. Um, oh, it seems wow. cool, man. Anyway, you should come with us. Yeah, sounds super dope, man. Yeah. I've been known to 
get a couple tattoos oh yeah <laughs> um so the 17 tat on this fool yeah yeah hell yeah so basically he says like don't look at what's in this bag don't even think about it i'm gonna come back from jail you get 10 grand do nothing just hold on to it nobody needs to know about this and then later on jake johnson jokes like i've started a storage business <laughs> yeah so it's super funny so yeah uh we have a scene of jake johnson he accepts it he goes to see his brother who owns a landscaping business passed down from their father and his brother's wife is kind of getting on eddie's case but like when are you gonna grow up you said this was last season was gonna be your last season parking cars and jake johnson's like actually i've started a business yeah it's a storage business i'm a first client <laughs> and they're like what is that what are you talking about they're like this sounds weird this isn't a thing um <laughs> Let me pitch this. So I, I was I thought of an alternate title for this movie that I think would have been better. Oh yeah, for the modern era. Tell me what you think of this. Yeah, get the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, secure the bag. Secure the bag. Uh, Eddie does a whole lot of fumbling the bag throughout this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So Eddie has a few drinks there, smokes a bit of weed. He goes to meet his friends at a bar. He's kind of zoning out, having a drink. He goes home. Of course, he checks what's in the bag. What is it? A bunch of fucking money. Yeah. But I was going to say, I love the scene because it's not just money in the bag. So he's pulling out like, I don't know, some sort of rag or item of clothing. Then he pulls out like a big fucking hammer, like a mallet that you would like pulverize meat with. He pulls out like a a tied up rope like it was a noose yeah that was good and then he pulls out a bunch of zip ties so it's like what is this like torture bag right, right then right. he ends up pulling out like a ton of money yeah so we don't know exactly how much money it is again drives me off the wall that we never know exactly how much but i'll let it go mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a lot of money we see eddie is a fucking gambling addict it's not good that he has all this money that of course he's going to gamble with yeah um do you think this is like a real story that Joe Swanberg is basing this on? I Nothing in my research, excuse me, suggests that. As far as I know, neither he nor Jake Johnson have ever had like gambling addiction issues. Yeah. But, or I mean, like even the situation, like, like I always like wonder. Like something you heard about, like, like at a party or yeah. something. <laughs> like I always wonder with Jake, uh, Joe Swanberg movies, because like they're so realistic. So right. it's like, how much of this is you know he basing on his own life like yeah like they're so real like yeah. these, these situations you know that he that he creates that he sets so, up so look if i showed up at your apartment like you put the key in the door and i'm just sitting in your apartment and i'm like george i have this duffel bag don't look at what's in it i'm gonna be back in six to nine months i mean everybody would look right right, right. everybody right. would look for sure so yeah. <laughs> Also, at the end, when Jake Johnson has apparently repaid all the money and added a bit of extra, because we have a scene after the credits, shouts out to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> where this gangster guy and one of his... Samuel like, L. Jackson comes, <laughs> like, we're putting together a team. So the <laughs> we gangster... need a camp. We need a... <laughs> yeah. So the gangster guy and one of his associates, they're counting all the money, and apparently there's a little bit extra. It's like, wait, so... Oh, I didn't the... see this. I actually did not see this. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like a little Easter egg. I really, I, I honestly haven't seen so, that. So, presumably, the gangster would know that, like, the money has been put back in, like, different bundles or, like, different denominations or whatever. Maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe. I feel like if I had a bag full of money, I would remember exactly how it was packaged. Uh-huh. So, it's like, pres- are we supposed to think that he always knew Jake Johnson would look, but as long as all the money's there, it's fine. I think so, yeah. Yeah also because because again unanswerable questions why would you ever put back more money than you took that seems very careless right when the stakes are so high because at one point jake johnson's like 
I have to fucking start a new life in a different country if I can't pay this back. Or are you meant to assume like he just wasn't paying attention? Like he accidentally I, put more money. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> Either way. So something this movie does that's interesting is so he goes out, obviously he gambles with this money and yeah. he loses it all. After and... he has a talk with his sponsor, yes. Gene, who is laughing at him saying, you've always been a loser. What makes you think this is going to work? Do nothing, you get 10 grand guaranteed. Dude, I need a friend like Gene in my life sometimes. You know what I, mean? I, I really <laughs> do, man. Yeah, I really yeah. need a... <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, just to tell me, like, how dumb I am sometimes. Yeah. Like, you're so fucking dumb, dude. I, I love how candid Gene is. Yeah, Just awesome. no bullshit. Yeah, and, like, um, what was I going to say, though? Oh. Sorry, I cut you off there. <laughs> oh, I fucking forgot. But, uh, oh, it's okay. But, like, oh, sorry. Uh, what I was going to say is, so, something this movie does very effectively is uh, it's got a really interesting soundtrack so whenever he mm-hmm. gambles they do this like djembe drum yeah this like beat that's very very intense and very primal and, and and it's really really cool like it like it really makes uh the first time that i think both you and i have watched it we've talked about like it felt so intense like it really really makes you feel like very uncut gems type it definitely shit. ups the suspense and yeah it's just kind of like yeah. off kilter ominous use of percussion where you're like things are going to get worse <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah very uh, ominous for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's very unglamour I, I appreciate how unglamorized the gambling is in this film like like not a lot of movies have shown you know this the seedy kind of non-glamorized version of, of gambling like what it really is like i feel like it, this movie does it very well yeah i mean the vast majority of people who are gambling habitually are losing and yeah, it's very easy to become addicted to. Except for the last scene of the, or the sort of the last act of the film where it is in a way very glamorized and it's everything sort of it's... goes his way. And actually I haven't, I'm just thinking about this out loud right now for the first time, which is what a podcast yeah. is. <laughs> but like, uh, it's, uh, I maybe that's sort of, I don't know that. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Like in the end, things just like, you know, it's kind of like he lived happily ever after type of ending right well, like everything just goes his way you're everything goes saying perfectly. glamorized i would almost disagree because you know jake johnson and his weird mustache friend are putting on suits to drive out somewhere in the suburbs to go to what used to be gene's regular game which is much higher stakes than jake johnson is accustomed to and they're assuming like we have to dress up and kind of look the part of <laughs> this is my bag man he's giving me the money and everybody in the game is like what the fuck are you talking about like the game like, what's a bag man yeah, yeah. what's a bag man the game is, is in the back room of like an appliance store. So it's still like very seedy, even though the sums of money are significantly bigger and there are like attractive waitresses there. Okay, that's a good point. But I think there was a <laughs> lot more editing done and mm. a lot more like fun music playing as he's winning, right? Like, you know, towards the end of that game where he started winning, like the editing started to get a lot more... Um, almost like it kind of shows visually like the mania his character is experiencing like how carried away he's getting and then he has the let's just litigate it it's a panic attack right because i thought it was a heart attack on previous viewings but he wakes up in the hospital with no heart rate monitor no even iv attached to him it seems like he just fainted from stress right so he so he wins it all at <laughs> he the end. Win, literally wins it all and then some. <laughs> because he loses the bag um, in the kind of the midpoint of the film. Yeah. And he gets very, very stressed out. Um, and uh, he thinks that he's going to have to, you know, leave town. And, also, and- I should add. So 
things are going well for Jake Johnson for a little bit. He starts working at his brother's landscaping company. He begins a new relationship with this attractive woman he meets. She seems very grounded, very adult, you know. He kind of tries to get his act together on her behalf. I was going to say, this movie is... So the agenda of this movie is anti-gambling, I would say, pro-landscaping. <laughs> Very pro-relationship, pro-landscaping. <laughs> if you're a degenerate gambler, all you need to set you straight is a love of a good woman and a hard day's work landscaping. <laughs> yeah, dude. So things are going well, and then that's all kind of shattered by the turn into the third act where Jake Johnson gets a call, and his gangster buddy is like, I'm out in a week. Like, everything good? Are we still on? Because he's trying to make the money back legitimately through landscaping. But, you know, the game keeps pulling him back in. He, you know, because the guy is coming back in, like, a couple of days, he has to get that money fast. And the only way to do that is to gamble again. So, So. originally, the deal that Jake Johnson, uh, as Eddie, struck with his brother is, I'm going to work for you as a landscaper, make legitimate money. And then the brother says, well, okay, look. If everything goes well, if you're a good employee, if you keep your word, because you fucked up so many times in the past and come writing to me, but if you keep your word this time, I will settle whatever the outstanding balance is, whatever that might be at the end of this period. So, yeah. And then uh, Gene, maybe being the most irresponsible sponsor ever, is like... <laughs> Yeah, I have a game where you could make or lose a lot of money. It's my old game. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I guess he does it like, you know, very reluctantly. Like he's a good guy still, right? right? Like he doesn't want to tell him about the game, but it it seems like his only option. Right. right? Because Jake Johnson shows up wasted in the middle of the night to Gene's house. And Gene's like, I have a kid in there. I have neighbors. You need to fuck off. We'll talk about this in the morning. Yeah. And then then he's like, "Ah, all right, look. (laughs) Yeah. So um, and then so he wins it back at this game in the end. Uh, because he has to, you know, because um, he realizes like everything is riding on this. Like, yes. It's once that pressure is on you, like, you know, things, you know, you you become different, right? Yeah. You play differently, I think. And because he sort of realizes he's you know, in sicko mode. If I lose this, like I'm going to lose this girl that I see a genuine future Well, he with. might lose his life if he doesn't leave. So before he goes off to this high stakes game, there's a scene with his his friend crew that we see throughout the movie in their neighborhood bar. Yeah. Uh, and his friends are suggesting ideas of like, you could drive your car into a national park, then light it on fire and walk away. Or like, you could go to Canada or we could sell cocaine, like all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you could make an app. <laughs> <laughs> and his weirdo ponytail mustache friend that he takes as the bag man to the game, I think has the best idea where it's like, this guy comes home from jail. You're in his house. You have rabbits. You kill them. You smear the blood on your face. Like, that'll scare him. <laughs> Just like the dumbest group of friends. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a tangent. But um, th- one of the suggestions they say is like, yeah, like, fake your own death. Like, drive your car into the national park. Yeah. Like, light it on fire or whatever and walk away. Go people, to Canada. <laughs> go to Canada. Uh, people will presume you're dead. So, you know, Agatha Christie did that once. Wait, what? As like a publicity stunt. Yeah she what yeah so she like basically like left her car on the side of the road it looked like she'd like gotten in a crash or something holy shit and then she just walked off into like a spa and she was like Whoa. at the spa for the weekend and all the newspapers in england were like where's agatha christie like that raw like is she dead like where is she and she was just like chilling at the spa this whole time she claimed she doesn't remember anything and like she just walked off into the distance and she just like happened upon the spa but like a lot of people think that it was just a publicity stunt to like sell more books i would <laughs> think yeah isn't that insane That's so bizarre right oh also i was gonna say in that scene 
when his one of his friends is like you should go to canada he's like what am i gonna do in canada they're like you cut grass like what do you do here <laughs> which is very funny true, true, like, that's true. it's not yeah, like you work in tech it's like there's no tech industry yeah in canada. it's like i'm sure he I'm sure he can either park cars or landscape in Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> what did you think of the original girl in this movie? Who we're ca- So we're calling yeah, the Netflix yeah, yeah. girls now, if you didn't listen to the, the last original app, girls. The original girls, the OG girls. So no, I, what did you think I of like the OG her. Girl? I think she was well cast. I think she does a good job of playing the role of like a woman who kind of... Inc- the maybe toxic trope of like a good woman encourages like a man child to grow up and take more responsibility in his life. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought she was attractive. Um, she has a kid, so personally, I wouldn't date her. But you know, uh-huh. Jake Johnson's built different. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I have this white suit. I'm losing money at the horse track. It doesn't matter. You have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So at the end, uh, these are the stakes for him. And he mm-hmm. realizes, you know, in this um, being in this bind of like, I actually have a life to lose now. I mm-hmm. have to win. And yeah. that pressure, I think, is sort of what makes him win in the end. Yeah, it's like it's this insane do or potentially die <laughs> pressure. Um, because at first at the high stakes game, things are going poorly for him. And I think he buys back in once or maybe twice and then has a conference with his mustache friend outside being like, you know, I can't get read on these players. If I'd known what this, if I'd known it was going to be this way, I never would have come, which I laughed at because that's kind of like classic gambler's fallacy. Like knowing what I know now, I should have done everything differently. It's like, well, you didn't know that at the time. That's why it's gambling. Yes, yes. <laughs> because yes, in hindsight, it's easy to evaluate all the choices you made wrong. <laughs> but of course, you can only do that in hindsight. <laughs> yes, so yes. it's like, yeah, that's every loser's gripe being like, it's too tough. I can't get a read on this. Yes. But then he goes back in and he he goes into sicko mode. He he plays until he literally collapses on the floor and can't play anymore. <laughs> From yeah, stress, I guess uh, maybe a heart attack, maybe a panic attack. So he I, he he he. Yeah, I I I think. It is a little unclear because, yeah. There's... So that's one of my gripes with the ending. Yeah. Because in the past, I thought, oh, he legitimately did have a heart attack. But this time, I'm like, oh, no, he didn't. There's no way they would just put you in a hospital bed with nothing fucking attached to you if you had a heart attack. They wouldn't let you leave. But then at the end, he goes to see his girlfriend again. and he When goes, he's yeah, late I, for I an important a... dinner to meet her kid. Yeah. And he goes, I had a heart attack. So, so like... he's, I think he's lying to her. Because, yeah, at the end, he never comes clean with his girlfriend about, like, this is the kind of circumstance I've been in. I was gambling again, like all this shit. I, I don't think he ever even tells her he has a gambling problem. Does he? This was like me with the uh, myocarditis scare that I had. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. When you were stoned and you were like, what happened again? You were like, I just a... got the vax like two weeks ago. Right. And then I went on like a boat party. Yeah. And then I got blackout drunk. And then the next day I had chest pains. And then. <laughs> And then I and I was like, I think I have myocarditis. I'm gonna let me take some edibles <laughs> to like calm down. And right, I took right. edibles and I started freaking out more. I was like holding onto the side of my balcony, and I was like, <sighs> like Holy hyperventilating. Shit, oh, we have to debrief that part later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll debrief that in post. <laughs> I was fucking hyperventilating. I was, I was calling the vaccine hotline. Like, what do I do? What, what do did I you do? do to me? <laughs> they it's were like, inside me. They were like, don't go to the hospital. Like, you're probably fine. Like, sleep it off and see if you how yeah. you feel the next day. Like, this is not urgent. This is not emergency care stuff. So I was on, like, okay, okay, for sure, for sure. I hung up. I'm like, 
like 10 minutes later i'm like amanda drive me to the hospital holy now. shit <laughs> did you say on the phone with the vaccine line like yo i'm high as hell right now i think you guys killed me <laughs> i told the doctor I think I'm later dead right now i disclosed to the doctor after they did like the ekgs or whatever right. on me because they were like the ekgs are like fine dude you're okay but yeah. like, dude i feel chest pains they're like okay so like Tell us about like, so are you on any drugs right now? I'm like, yeah. They literally hit you with a, do you ever get, are you high right now? Do you ever get nervous? <laughs> You're like, yes and yes. I was like, yeah, I took some kind like, like a couple of hours ago. Like, yeah. okay, okay. Like writing shit down. Like, uh, so like, tell us about like a little bit more context about you, like your life. I'm like, yeah, like last night I went to a party. I don't remember a lot of it um i did like a stripper routine and <laughs> in the, i feel like you were getting the unnecessarily specific <laughs> i was like i did a shirtless stripper routine for the birthday girl at the boat party they're like, like what songs deck. were playing was it like genuine's pony like what was on the soundtrack <laughs> this is all medically relevant info. <laughs> um and uh they're like okay i see i see yeah i think you're fucking fine dude i was like okay yeah. like four hours later <laughs> yeah that's like, hey you're still alive today right yeah man you, you haven't keeled over <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's very funny <laughs> yeah dude. i thought i was gonna go like one of those soccer players you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you're spotify listening this is a parody podcast <laughs> still not an art by the way still not an art <laughs> well podcasting isn't an art either so. <laughs> that's fair that's this fair. is this is mumblecore <laughs> hey oh yes <laughs> um okay so i thought about the ending this time it's almost like too convenient so we're meant to think he got all of his money cash out from the game because presumably this underground gambling den is like you can't fucking die here's your money get the fuck out of here because his mustache friend drives him to the hospital yeah they speed away so he's made all his money he's gained money he can pay back what he took from the duffel bag his girlfriend is briefly mad at him for being late everything is forgiven he sits down to eat credits roll yeah so i was thinking earlier in the movie eddie says a line when he meets his girlfriend the first night when they're walking home after the bar he says sometimes the world is just perfect you know he's describing the moment yeah and you get the sense of like how he romanticizes the idea of luck his kind of misguided optimism at the end of the movie it's like i think this is one of the moments eddie would describe as just perfect presumably right before his life fucking falls apart again ah so this, this was yeah. the point i think i was trying to make when i was like <laughs> the, the end the final gambling scene does glamorize gambling in that way of well, like it just seems so perfect he wins back the yes. exact amount of money <laughs> yeah. that he well you know, and, that and he then lost. some it sounds and then like, like yeah. well a hundred dollars but it's like they just didn't want to make it perfect perfect right no but it's like sorry basically it, just uh, comes out away like just perfect right wait was it I thought he was saying he won a hundred thousand in the end by a uh, hundred. I thought that he was up by like a hundred dollars. Like he was basically almost broke even. Like he's just a little bit up. Oh, that was my okay. Takeaway. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch. He that. was up by a hundred k. Like I feel like. Well, I think he had a hundred k total on the table after that final hand. Oh, okay. And presumably a lot of that needs to go back into the bag. But he was saying, "Let me just stay for a couple more hands." So it's like he must have had a bit of a buffer still. Ah, uh, my reading of that was like I'm I'm basically breaking even. I'm like oh, I have okay. like I'm even a hundred dollars up. Right. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're getting too lost in the weeds about the numbers. But yeah. I was even thinking this time, like, we're wait, numbers guys. <laughs> we're numbers guys. Best brains for the art. Um, I was thinking this time, like, 
wait, is the end ma- meant to be like his dying fantasy? Like everything is just too convenient. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's, that's that's interesting. But no, I I don't think that's how it's meant to be read. I yeah. just think the end, an end I would have liked to see is like if this character actually went through any personal growth, he should confess to his girlfriend at the end. Like, here's what's been happening with me. You might leave me after I say this, but here's why I was late tonight. Mm. Like, here's the deal. And then maybe we roll credits, right? So they're about to have that conversation. Right, something. right, right. Like, because at the end, I'm like, wait, he's lying to her still. Not only has he omitted all or at least most of the details about his gambling, but he's saying he had a heart attack. He didn't have a heart attack. He just got overexcited and like fucking passed out. Okay, I got you. Um, I, I yeah, guess my, I, don't know. I guess I had, I, I felt like there was enough of that concession when um she got a little bit mad at him that he was late mm. he was like i'm sorry i'm sorry i was in the hospital but it still seemed like oh yeah he was you know because not... he, he says oh literally like i had a i was in the hospital i had a heart attack i had to be carried out of where i was but he never yeah. says like yeah i was at this underground gambling ring i really owe this gangster a lot of money because i took his money like yeah. all this shit i, I guess yeah <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying so it's like wait are we supposed to assume that he's just never going to come clean? Everything will be fine because I, I don't think the character has truly learned. <laughs> right. Right. I don't know. Are we supposed to believe he never goes back to his casino that he never goes back to the track? It's like, I think we are. I, I don't know. Well, I don't personally buy it. Fair enough. Patrick but... is not sold on that. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They didn't fool the big guy with that. One. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets past the big guy. Except for the rules of the mountain, apparently. <laughs> hey, I was good with the rules of the gun range where it actually matters. Oh, good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I was fine with the gun range. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Uh, yeah, did you have any other sort of, like, gripes with the movie? Or, um, Hmm. One thing I really loved is when Jake Johnson loses the 21 grand. So kind of his first Mm. big loss goes to the breakfast date. Uh, He was up all night and then he has a meeting with a sponsor, Gene, who cracks up and was like, it was like a week ago that we had that conversation. You've already lost so much. Like Gene is just incredulous and like amused that things fell apart so fast. And Jake Johnson's like, it's not funny. You shouldn't be laughing at this. Yes. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was realistic in the way that, you know, as an audience, you can look at Jake Johnson's character and be like, you know, he's had so many low moments, like any of these moments should constitute like a rock bottom. But it's mm-hmm. like he keeps going down that path right, and finding keeps, the bottom keeps waffling between like, I want to change. This is not the person I am. And then doing those exact things. Right. Which I think is realistic because with with addiction when you're looking from the outside it's so easy to say like why didn't this make you stop or why didn't that make you stop and it's like sometimes it's not the dramatic bottoms and you can always get lower sometimes it's just like the straw that breaks the camel's back where it's like you might not suffer a tangible consequence but it's like i need to fucking change yeah so yeah i don't know it's like maybe he does go on to still gamble after this and then quits gambling at some point in the future like maybe it won't be the catastrophic events of this movie. Maybe it'll be something more mundane in the future. Right. Um, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Unanswerable questions. I, yeah, I, so a qu- I, the, the end of this movie is a question factory. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to my buddy Pat for telling me that one. It's a question factory. It generates questions. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I, 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 this is like a four solid four star movie for yes. me. I, I find like it's, I, I also gave it four and I, it's mostly the ending that held it back from being higher. Cause Fair I enough. think yeah. everything in this movie works very well, except for the end. Yeah. <laughs> like you, it's intense. You get invested in the characters. Like the acting obviously is amazing. Like cause it's all very naturalistic. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And the, the story is tight and, um, you know, uh, one thing I really so well, tell me what you thought of the theme mm. of this movie. So I was thinking, well, what is the theme of the, like what is this trying to say? So it's like uh-huh. I, I, I think it's sort of trying to say like you know sometimes you got to do shit that you don't always want to do, and you'll find that like sometimes you learn to like those things because like for a long time what, the thing that holds him back from doing getting in with his brother's landscape landscaping company is like man this, <laughs> this just sounds shitty i think yeah like, it sounds boring. mundane i'm gonna make a big score i don't need to do this yeah like easy <laughs> like yeah i'm gonna make an app like i'm gonna i'm gonna make it big with uh you know my gambling thing like, I, i'm gonna win it all as someone once famously wrote work will set you free <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i'm saying is like yeah i I think that seems to be the theme of this movie there is a dignity to just being a normal productive person right and not always chasing the thing that you love the high highs or the high highs or like the thing that you want to do but you realize that like if you're for if you force yourself to do something that you might not initially want to do actually turns out to be like better than you thought or like yeah um I don't know. Yeah. What did you, what do you think? Of yeah. The I think just having a stable, regular life, you know, has its merits yeah. and eventually you, these lifestyles are not sustainable. I think Jake Johnson yeah. says at one point, like this isn't sustainable. Right. He literally says that. And to have that, you, <laughs> you can't really have it both ways. You have to make, no. you have to make concessions <laughs> to have that regular life. Yeah, no, totally. I think the moral of this movie is you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Sure uh and the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep (laughs) as the song once said yeah no i i think this is about somebody finding redemption through a life that they initially kind of thought they were better than or thought they didn't need yeah yeah i I like that you know i like the message of the movie but I, I i respect it like you know, you have a lot of media telling you to follow your dreams and things like yeah. that, which, you know, <laughs> there is a place for that. But I, I really like the other side of the conversation being heard as well, where it's right. like, sometimes you just got to do shit you don't want to do. I, yeah. I like the if, balance. If your dream is to be a professional gambler, probably don't follow that dream. Be a professional I, podcaster. <laughs> well, yeah. We got in while the getting was still good. Everybody after us, don't be a podcaster. Yeah. I was going to say, I listened to this podcast for a while called Be Better Betters, uh, hosted by a professional sports gambler oh, yeah. who's had quite a successful career. And he was saying, it was either him or a guest who was like a bookmaker, like somebody who sets the lines and presents the odds to the public. So all the casinos in Vegas have like their own sports book or uh-huh, whatever. Uh-huh. It was either him or the guest saying like, you know, in Nevada right now, they're probably like, 200 or 300 people making like a legitimate like six-figure income from gambling and nothing else right or sports gambling specifically and it's like that kind of puts it in perspective because it's like so many people think they have the quality that will make them a successful gambler (laughs) but it's like very few people are equipped 
in terms of the number side, in terms of, you know, the emotional side to really stay the course. Right. And be successful. To, yeah. To actually handle the slalom course. That is. Yeah. Which I, I will say, like, I'm, I don't have those qualities. And also a lot of what makes a successful sports better is not that like they really know sports. It's that they look for inefficiencies in the market uh-huh. and they can tell, okay, if this line is offered at a point at half a point less at this book it's worth betting on but you know at this at this probability is not worth betting on so it's recognizing those market inefficiencies yeah and i think a lot of that is also done by algorithm now the same way uh stock trading can be done by algorithm yeah it's less of like the human intuition i'm intuiting we need to take a break break time and then (laughs) uh we'll tell you what we thought of the We are back. Um, so um, I think we wanted to just say chill or kill. Uh, definitely movie. chill. We big recommend chill. it. It's big based. Chill. It's not soy. Yeah. It's a big chill. It's it's really fun. It's concise. You know, I think it's like literally 88 minutes. Honestly, I think they could have done a couple more minutes to resolve things a bit better <laughs> at the end. Uh, once again, I think we should move this segment up to the top of the show because it's very funny if people haven't listened to a movie to listen to all the spoilers, all the chatter, and then like they hear our segment about, should you go watch this? Right, 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 right. But again, but at the end, people make their own choices. Yeah. People, again, people are fucking adults. They can choose if they haven't listened to a movie, they can choose whether to listen. If they haven't seen a movie, they can choose whether to listen to presumably spoilers about it. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. yeah, may make your own informed choices. Yes. Like you did when you got the vaccine that almost killed you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you had some letterboxed reviews. Oh, I did. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I had okay. I have one letterboxed review, but so uh this comes from Grace Farha, which okay. love the just the full Christian name that she has <laughs> included. A it, bold I, move. A bold move. Um so her review of this movie was five stars. Um Jake Johnson makes me horny. And nice. I saw that. <laughs> And I thought, that's interesting. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to look into this user. So I, right. I I went into her profile and I looked at all of her reviews. And I just wanted to read you a few of great other reviews that Grace Is has done. Is she terminally horny in all of her reviews? So, <laughs> so okay. First of all, um, she's. I just want the people to know that she's not doing this for anybody. She has one... Uh, Actually, she had no other followers Whoa. except for me. I just gave her a Whoa. follow. Whoa! So this is outside her art. Yeah, like like she's just doing this for the love of the game, <laughs> purely for the love of the game. Nobody's following her. Nobody's watching her do this. Um, and uh, so every single movie that she has entered, she has given five stars. Um, <laughs> much like my friend Graham. Much like your friend Graham. Yeah, it, seem, Graham. it seems like a lot of her movies that she's inputted, she's done on like the same day. So I, I'm assuming these are movies she's like seen previously. This that she's must like, be a bulk upload that she's yeah. backlogging. So I guess these are all five star movies, movies that she thought were five stars. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's very strange. Uh, but here are all the. So this was her first sort of round of uploads. Um, <laughs> on uh, when was it? Uh, September 4th, she uploaded a, all of the Hunger Games movies. <laughs> okay. So let me just read you some of these. So the Hunger Games won five stars. This movie probably changed my life a little too much. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> now I'm trying to think what that would possibly mean. <laughs> um, the Hunger Games Catching Fire. 
five stars the whole series is actually great oh okay <laughs> the hunger games mockingjay part one five stars these movies did sequels right hold on grace you know they did sequels or wait so there's i have so many questions that's a question factor so she put a <laughs> question mark is a after huge question, question factor so if it was a statement, it would just be these movies did sequels right, as in these are good sequels, but she made it a question. No, there's no punctuation there. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, so it could just be like these movies did sequels well. Like they did it right. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, yeah. So the intonation. Okay. So George, movies... don't, you, don't you teach kids how to read? <laughs> Shouldn't you be getting this right? <laughs> Get them. Yeah. So the, these movies did sequels right. Honestly, Hunger Games, great movies. Never saw them. I never watched any of them. The Hunger, and then her review of The Hunger Games Mocking Jay Part 2. Uh, five stars. R.I.P. Prim. So that's a character okay. from the film. So well, could have put a spoiler, spoiler tag on there. Spoiler no, tag. She regretted to put a spoiler tag. <laughs> Fair enough. She has no followers. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing this for only no Only when you have a follower do you need to start doing a spoiler tag. I think I've done one spoiler tag, and that was only very recently. I did one as a joke one time. Yeah. There was no spoilers to be found. Because uh, I watched an erotic thriller where it ends with James Spader <laughs> strangling a woman to death and roll credits immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, Cut. Wait, what's her name? Madchen Amek from Twin Peaks. Total smoke oh, show. Beautiful. Yeah. She's the romantic interest. Turns out she was lying a lot about her life and then got him like committed to an insane asylum. And then at the end, he's like, Yeah, I can just kill you. The insanity plea and chokes her to death. <laughs> End of the movie. Madchen plea. Yeah. <laughs> mad about Madchen. Uh, oh, I'm I'm mad about her. I'm I'm obsessed with grace barha so yeah. she has a genuine quality to her reviews that i i can't get enough of and i can't get a read on her because she's doing this for no one like is this a troll or not so, so also from what she's logging do you think she's like a zoomer a millennial like what's going on this here? is the thing this what is, is going on here? she's a question factory because <laughs> she's doing this for no one right can i can she, i see the profile okay yeah real quick well i just have so grace barha and then you want to look her up yeah doing? yeah yeah grace Farmer. oh no profile picture either no 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 so She's this is i was hoping incognito. to get some clue so uh let me just read you a few more of her reviews because i'm obsessed <laughs> so thor five stars this was from her uh movie dump on september 4th she <laughs> logged ant-man thor and uh, thor the dark world on that day um so thor five stars one of my guilty faves <laughs> okay um ant-man five stars perfect balance of funny and serious <laughs> that's what i've always said about ant-man a great dramedy yeah um jaw oh, okay from the same dump on september 4th jaws wait sorry can i say how that was spelled again i don't think i'm looking at the right person here um yeah it should be all five-star reviews oh wait yeah grace farha grace farha okay but one follower that's not you, though. That's a different person. Okay. I'm somehow looking at the wrong thing. Anyway, go on, go on. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, from that same dump, um, Jaws, five stars. I think I kind of have a crush on Martin. Whoa. She's developing a lot of feelings for what she's uh, seen on screen here. Um, there's just a... This is my favorite. This is like peak letterbox for me. This is like genuine people... <laughs> I think do, making genuine, like bad, but genuine reviews yeah. of movies that they love, I think. Well, that is Letterboxd. Sometimes you stumble into, sometimes you stumble into users who have demented takes, but it's like, I want to know more about what's going on with you. Dude, her maybe some people think that about my reviews. I don't know. Her takes are so demented. Avatar, The Way of Water, five stars. Lord, it's sad, but slayed. 
I'm still mad as hell that little human boy saved his satanic colonizing Hitler ass of a father. <laughs> so is anyone, is anyone, <laughs> okay, great question. Because last episode, I feel like great question we, we were talking about how letterboxed Riz is a wild move, like trying to comment on somebody's reviews and trying to hook up. Nobody's trying to hook up with her yet, right? No, except for me, apparently. Like, like I just gave her a f- her first follow. Yeah, basically. well, maybe I'll be the second follow. Um, from her dump on August 14th, uh, where she logged a lot of, like, animated movies. The Croods, uh, Guardian, Moon, Guardians of the Moon, Spirited Away. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> for The Croods, uh, five stars. I watch this movie every time I find myself stressed and it relieves that pressure i get in my chest okay so it's like a comfort watch for her i'm thinking jake johnson should have watched this movie when he felt his heart attack coming right. on. <laughs> it sounds his like mustache friend should have like passed him a phone been like here bro sit down with this for a few minutes yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, i'm obsessed with, with grace farha yeah out. well future future guests of the pod maybe oh yes there's a usb port <laughs> Uh, I was just going to real quick shout out one of my friend's reviews. So my buddy Derek, when we actually watched this together a while back, he wrote three stars. If you just keep gambling, you will win everything back and more. Yeah. And then that is the moral. That is the theme of this. And then I, I, at that time gave it four stars and I wrote, he's just like me after the Super Bowl. (laughs) I wrote that on May 9th of 2022. (laughs) Anyway, bet very modestly. I'll give you my picks. So Eagles to cover the spread, uh, which was very small. It was like minus 1.5, I think, when I bet. I bet that there will be over 50.5 total points in the game. So that can be distributed, however. So that's a two-leg parlay, mm-hmm. which means both of those must come true mm-hmm. for more money to be won. Bet on a couple prop bets. Uh, tails on the opening coin flip, of course. God bet tails. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I just put a few dollars on that. And then I did something called squares, which... If you go to a Super Bowl party, I believe what you do is you buy in for a square. So like 10, 100, 1,000, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're assigned numbers. So say your numbers are like two and three. If the score ends in a two and a three at the end of any quarter or at the end of the game in general, then you get paid out for that square. <laughs> so on Bodog, you can pick a square and you can pick either game total or at the end of each quarter. I won't, I'll reveal off mic what my squares were. I don't want anyone tailing my bets. But basically, it's such a fucking long shot that if you bet $5, you can get paid out like $500 at the square heads. So if I text you very excited, it's because one of my squares hit this Sunday. Yeah. But I'm fully prepared for that not to happen. And it's like, okay, this is like a fun way to responsibly add some risk where it's like five bucks on a couple different squares. Mm. If I lose, which I presumably will, Hey, no skin off my back. Low risk, high reward. Low risk, insanely high reward. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That we'll does seem we'll like see what way. happens. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. I wish you luck, man. Thank you. Thank you. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> the, the over-under looks good. Yeah. One of the bets, which I thought was funny, was like, what color will Rihanna's hair be when oh, yeah. she performs? Oh, is she performing? Yeah. Hell yeah. Halftime. I'm surprised you seem like a big guy who would be like, I know what the halftime show is going to be. Don't know what teams are in. I do tend to do that. I did. I am. I did once watch the documentary about JLo's halftime performance. (laughs) I watched a whole 
feature-length documentary about her perform halftime performance at the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah. What did you glean from that documentary? It was so fucking dumb, dude. I think I rated it <laughs> half a star on Letterboxd. Wow. I don't know why that thing was made. And you gave the Kissing Booth 2 a whole two stars. Yes. So it was only a quarter as good as Kissing Booth 2. <laughs> yes. So this is true bottom-of-the-barrel entertainment. I bet Tubi has it, though. I oh it was a Netflix thing I think it, oh, wow. it may even have been an original holy shit yeah that seems like some dumb shit I think do. it was called halftime it was like <laughs> her perf- it was it was so stupid man it was all about like the the NFL wanted to like shut her performance down because it was like too progressive and she wanted <laughs> to like I think she wanted to like put kids in cages in her performance to like comment on like the Trump thing like Whoa. the kids in cages and NFL was like don't do this and she was like fuck it I'm doing it anyway so so the documentary was like JLo she's such a fucking I don't know savior right, figure right. like she's so uh, yeah, progressive I, I and, was gonna and, say... and anti-establishment the establishment doesn't want you to right to the, see the kids the engaged. nfl's biggest event of the year and maybe the biggest sporting event of the year probably they're going to shoot down any radical political statement mm-hmm. it's like hey just play the fucking hits <laughs> but also I, I don't know i think that whole i think it was very overplayed sorry right um right. like uh, i don't know man yeah whoa this is like did... a military grade water bottle that oh, you yeah, just put on the, on the table here <laughs> holy shit it's the costco like uh off-brand version of the hydro flask is the thermal <laughs> flask yeah <laughs> a lot of my high school students rock these damn yeah um so in terms of highbrow shit other media i mean obviously i pumped to be a bunch one thing i did watch that i thought was super fun uh the movie confess fledge which is a comedy from 2022 uh a remake from the 80s with uh mr don draper john hannam john ham himself in mm. the lead role He's super funny, super charming, just really good to like see him in a fun role, like leading a movie. Okay. Because uh, I feel like he's maybe struggled a bit finding the right roles for him post Mad Men. When I, he's like, I feel like I haven't seen him in anything. So he was in like, I guess the new Top Gun as well. As right. Like a stern, uh, higher up. But yeah. Like I haven't like, seen him as a leading man in anything. No, no. He's, yeah, like. I liked his performance in the town quite a number of years ago, but yeah. again, supporting role. So yeah. it was nice to see him as like a leaning man uh, doing something where it's like his character was very quirky at times, but then he was also good at like playing a straight man when other characters were being quite insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a good movie. I think I gave it three and a half stars. It's on prime. You can go watch that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Confess Fletch. Yeah. His character's name is Fletch, okay. and then he's a suspect in a murder and all this stuff. So people are trying to get him to confess. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Confess Felch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> confess that you felt John Ham. We know what you did. <laughs> Look that one up on R slash whatever. <laughs> After you see the Bud Dwyer video for a palate cleanser. R slash bigger than you thought. <laughs> one of my favorites are titles. R slash titles. <laughs> wait, wait, what's R slash bigger than you thought? Oh, yeah, okay, I, I get what's going Come on. Come on, there. big guy, don't act yeah. like you don't know. <laughs> you r got me. R slash big guy. <laughs> I'm sure that is something. <laughs> um, okay, I had uh, I finished a book this weekend called Left for Dead. Very interesting historical fiction. That's or, not sorry, the multiplayer his- zombie game on Steam. 
no, it's not left for dead. It's just left for dead. Um, sorry, not historical, historical nonfiction, just historical folks. Okay. Um, about the sinking of the USS Indianapolis. Whoa. You know about the Indianapolis? No, I, I know nothing. So the greatest disaster in naval history. So is Holy this? Shit. it's actually the boat that delivered the atomic bomb to be put on the Enola Gay. Whoa. Um, like it delivered it to whatever the Philippines or to Tinian, I think was the island right. where it was actually uh, taken by plane on the Enola Gay and then eventually dropped on Hiroshima. Um, so this boat delivers the bomb and then it starts to sail back uh, to the U S and uh, this Japanese uh, submarine captain spots the the ship and and, and he uh, he destroys the ship with his torpedoes. And then um uh, but i think like 300 no no no. i think 800 uh of the men on the boat like uh it managed to escape and they are either in open water or on some sort of like life raft situation mm. and they survive in the open water because they release a distress single but nobody answers it um they realize that it was actually re- received but everybody th- thinks it's a prank or uh, so nobody goes they to think rescue it's them. a goof like yeah. ah, it's those guys again what rascals <laughs> yeah, dude. holy shit it's like teenagers calling pizza huts those guys yeah. those kids again man <laughs> sending out distress signals it's um, a real is your fridge running type flare yes uh so nobody goes to rescue them so they survive for five days in these shark infested waters um and uh there's it's like these insane stories man um people resort to like because there's no water so basically they have no water sources Mm. uh, uh, reserves at all Um, oh i think i know where this is going so there's stories of men literally like cutting each other's throats and drinking blood from each other's throats. oh that sorry i thought they were gonna drink their own pee that is not what i was expecting i mean i bet there's some of that shit too man yo imagine like chopping somebody's head off and then your buddy is like wait have we tried drinking your own <laughs> pee you're like oh that would have been a good first step <laughs> did you try self-suck like, yeah. I know, you know i can't do it man you know i can't you've seen what, me in the head what if there was one guy on the life raft trying to just <laughs> self-suck for five days straight <laughs> and then he finally does it right as the rescue team shows up and <laughs> fuck <laughs> Or he's about to crack it, and then the rescue team shows yeah. up. Just give me another. Just send me back out. Send me back out. I do my best work in the open ocean. <laughs> Holy cow, though. That story it, sounds crazy. And, and so they wrongfully blame the captain. So they basically, they want a, somebody to pin this on. And, of course. And the author of this book very um, does a great job of explaining, like, this was the fault of, like, the Navy at large. So, first Whoa. of all, nobody answers the distress signal. Nobody sends them with an escort boat. Uh, be- although they knew and they didn't disclose that there were, like, Japanese subs in the area at the time. Um, so, there's all these mistakes that the Navy does. But mm. the Navy is, like, going out of fashion because naval warfare is soon, you know, it's it, they realize planes and aviation is the future. Like, right, naval, of course. A- Top Gun Academy warfare. is the future. Yeah, dude. <laughs> You only need a boat to put the planes on. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Like, um, uh, and so the Navy's like going out of fashion. So they, they don't want to look bad um, as an organization. So they end up pinning everything on the captain who eventually kills himself. Um, anyway, dude, it's this insane story. I, I, I wow. really, really liked it. Um, yeah. the It was called Left for Dead. It's a good book, man. Um, I also started with White Lotus. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still have yet to start that. I'm very late to the game. 
yeah, that show is pretty good, man. Started yeah. it last night. No, I'm I'm sure I'll like it once I watch it. I don't know. I just have a mental block sometimes about starting new shows. I'm like, I'd rather watch a million movies nobody's ever heard of on Tubi. Same. Then watch a show that like everybody I know is mad at me for not watching yet. Yeah, I'm I'm just built different. I'm also a contrarian at heart. Like if mm. I if a short a show gets too hot, it makes me want to watch it a lot less. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm that way too. Which I know is not like the best quality. I know. I know. It's very self-centered but yeah, yeah i i can't help it like so anyway i i'm predisposed to not liking something if it if it's getting too much positive reception but too uh, much heat <laughs> yeah i will uh begrudgingly say that it's a good fucking show you, you think <laughs> the, the heat meter on that one is appropriate i i, I don't i wouldn't say so far I, i'm only two apps in but right i, I would is say this... i would say it's good it's definitely worth watching it's, is it feels is... very uh i don't know it, it it feels very full of itself in that hbo way where mm. it's like i know i'm making a good show you know what right. i mean are you watching the aubrey plaza season no it's the first one so i think i'm just gonna skip to season the, two with aubrey sydney sweeney season eh, i've already seen a lot of sydney sweeney and euphoria <laughs> i've seen enough if you catch my draft <laughs> uh yeah i'm going straight to aubrey yeah aubrey come on the pod oh, I, yes. I promise if we get you as a guest i'll watch all of euphoria uh fuck white lotus before you come on <laughs> <laughs> i'll watch everything i'll watch euphoria picture in picture with white lotus i i am uh happy to have something to like talk to my coworkers about finally something right. current to talk to my coworkers about well, in, like the staff here's room. the thing i feel like you always need a topic a bullet in the chamber if you will yeah. otherwise you're gonna be like uh here's my podcast listen to it yeah oh yes oh yes <laughs> so you always need one or two scripted things to like offer up in conversation so you don't just blurt out i have a podcast yes which yeah. i've been known to do the the war on podcasters continues yes so. yes i did tell my a bunch of my podcasters uh before we went on like winter vacation um that co-workers i, I may be starting a podcast soon yeah, yeah co-workers yeah. and then yeah. i just didn't bring it up after we came back and then a... i'm like please don't remember that i yeah. ever said that you're like my co-worker had to go away for my co-host had to go away for six nine months and he left me this duffel bag <laughs> <laughs> do you think i should look in it or not there's my two microphones in there <laughs> Yeah, you said as you were setting off the mics that you felt like George Clooney in The American when he's, like, building the rifle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what... I want to get into, like, building custom guns. That seems cool. Yeah, my uncle... Oh, yeah, I was telling you, my uncle is, like... he He's on the verge of being a prepper, basically. He has nice. this, like, cabin in the woods that he bought, and he, like, makes his own bullets. Hell, yeah. Um, how do you make a bullet? He tries scratch. to shoot rabbits. He has, like, hunting dogs. Whoa. Um, Hound dogs. How do you make bullets? Yeah, I mean, I think you get the copper, right? And mm. You get the gunpowder, you mm. know? I'm sure there's a YouTube Standard. tutorial we can watch that definitely won't put us on a watch list. <laughs> <laughs> they're like someone from this ip address has been an r slash colt 1911 and been watching a lot of videos about bullets <laughs> my uncle is insane though he uh he visited us one time and um uh he's a big nicotine head and uh, okay he came over we thought he was just like coming to chill and he was like uh so like uh, later on i'm gonna make a stop at the q lab and the uh q lab. yeah he said it in a way that we were like we're supposed to know what the fuck he's talking about <laughs> like what are you talking about what's the q lab he's like oh like really close to where you guys live like there's this place called q lab where they like have all these vape rigs and like they, they... <laughs> calling it a rig is so sick because <laughs> that makes you think of like the lightsaber handle type things not like the cool like jewel one yeah, like yeah. The... 
hefty ones. So, so he ended up buying some like vape rig that like is only available in Canada apparently, and it like I don't know. It, it has like whatever the bump stock of vape rigs is that like, isn't allowed in the states. <laughs> yeah, um. Anyway, we we always make fun of it now. Like Q Lab, let's go to the Q yeah. Lab. Because I feel like somebody who makes their own bullets, I feel like they'd be a classic like pipe smoker. Even mm. they'd be going so old school. Yeah, because a vape is very neoliberal, very city dwelling, well, very he, like I can't do things for myself. Well, he works in tech as well, oh. so he's like I don't know. He's huh. on the border of like he's between two worlds. Another you know? piece of the puzzle. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I have any prepper relatives. He's also freakishly tall. He's like six. Six, six, six. He's a he Whoa. is the big guy. <laughs> he is the big guy. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. I wish I was six six. I know, man. <laughs> I know. All right. Do we have any final messages for the listeners? <laughs> uh, tell a friend about the pod. <laughs> definitely keep spreading the good word. Give us reviews on iTunes. We'd love to get some reviews. I don't want to be in a situation where I have to make a fake account and give us a review. <laughs> yeah. Although I have wondered if I just give us a review as like patrick will apple recognize that that's connected to the podcast oh yeah maybe let's talk off mic about that one sure sure <laughs> review as ratrick weston uh let's yeah. talk about podcast fraud off <laughs> yeah <laughs> ratings fraud credit card fraud uh yeah tell a friend about the podcast uh actually we had an email that i forgot to tell you about oh. before we started we'll get to that next episode okay. we'll do it right at top all right uh, follow us at How Original Podcast on Instagram. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'll even give out my personal letterbox if people want to follow me. Mm-hmm. Not that you could ever deduce my identity from it. I am at Pat East on Letterbox. That is P A T E A S T. Okay, I'll give mine. It's yeah. uh, mine is uh, Rigor underscore Treeby, which is <laughs> Roger Ebert backwards with an <laughs> underscore because I'm dumb <laughs> and yours also has no picture mine has a picture of me with the heaviest beard that i've ever had oh yes yeah peak i have that thousand beard. i have that thousand movie stare <laughs> you've got that jake johnson fucking uh drinking buddies oh beard. i think this is like heavier even maybe even but heavier. yeah i, I yeah. look crazy heavier and a lot more like neat and yeah tidied up yeah totally yeah anyway that'll do it folks bye uh, uh bye <laughs> Oh